Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to the highly anticipated episode 15 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, brought to you by CST Tires with legendary two-time champion Dustin Wimmer. We're proud to be the number one podcast in ATV racing, and we've surpassed a half a million downloads after just 14 episodes, which is absolutely incredible. You guys have been begging for this guy to come on, and credit to him for his willingness to join. He was one of my favorites as a young rider. His legendary corner speed and the way he used his body to soak things up and scrub was really before its time. He was a trendsetter. But when the factory Suzuki ATV efforts were canceled following the 2010 season, that was the end of Dustin's AMA ATV pro career, just a year removed from his back-to-back titles. So nearly a decade removed from the sport, we have so much to talk about, and you'll hear it all coming up here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. We have to thank our sponsors, including new show sponsor, Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thank you to another new sponsor, but longtime sponsor of me personally, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your driving and riding experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR Tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals was a key contributor to Team USA's winning efforts at the Quad Cross of Nations and, simply put, is the decal choice of champions everywhere. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and function. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself all trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, Pistons with an Attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. Visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A. Namira.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com. Thanks to 4Works Carbon for their continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more, 4Works is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look with increased function for 2020. New year, new look with 4Works Carbon. Head over to their social media pages or website today. Thank you, 4Works Carbon. Thanks, as always, to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, myself, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time we hit the racetrack. It's not too late to join the team, so act fast, dp-brakes.com. Thanks to Blender's Eyewear, whose life in forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, BlendersEyewear.com. Thanks to Oats Overnight. Life is hard. Make breakfast easy. Simply combine with milk before bed and enjoy your to-go breakfast in the morning. Overnight oatmeal loaded with superfoods, perfect for athletes. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout, OatsOvernight.com. Thank you, Mountaineer Brand. 
If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brands all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code Cody's Fave in all caps. That's C O D Y S F A V. Cody's Fave in all caps at MountaineerBrand.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting this podcast and making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands in the industry. So better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. If you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. And if you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. Okay, in this week's Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant Sight Lap segment, where we do a quick rundown before the gate drops on this episode's featured guest, this week-ish in ATV racing, heading into his sophomore season as a professional, Cody Ford changes his number to number five. Parker Wawerka wins the King of Quads event on the Wisconsin ice, and all the boys are now down south and preseason training is in full swing, so we got plenty to talk about going forward. But now, without further ado, we welcome another legend to the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Enjoy. And now, it's an absolute honor to welcome to the show, brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain, two-time professional ATV motocross national champion, one of the all-time greats. We proudly welcome Dustin Wimmer to the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Dustin, how are you, man? It's been a minute since the ATV racing community has heard from you. So pumped to have you on tonight. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me uh, on the show, and uh, it's definitely been a while since I talked in length about any, uh, you know, racing, uh, you know, back in the time, for sure. So uh, excited to uh, you know, talk about uh, how everything came about. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's really exciting, um, especially like you said, because it's been a while since we heard from you. And, um, you know, it goes without saying, because the entire ATV community, um, you know, was stoked for this because you know recently we surpassed a half a million downloads and uh you know from our listener base you were the number one suggested guest um that we've had to this point so super stoked about it and uh and yeah i mean it's been nearly a decade since we saw you on the national scene and it's always fun to talk about those old racing memories so uh you know for you like let's let's talk about your story you know when were you first introduced to, to atvs and atv racing you know, my uh, father, my parents got me a, a four-wheeler, an LT80, when I was uh, four years old. So, you know, he definitely started uh, ripping around the property on that. And then uh, an employee of our uh, our boat store said that he should start racing, which uh, he was a, a hair scramble rider. So, you know, we, we first started doing them a couple years. Um, I think my first year when we started racing hair scrambles was about 96. Okay. Um, so definitely uh, started there, you know, and then they showed me that, you know, motocross was during the summer season. So we, we started racing motocross a little bit. I kind of moved on to a, you know, the blaster, uh, okay. Okay. you know, size. Okay. Yeah. I know um, when we were asking for listener questions and stuff about, about uh, stuff for you, yeah, there was a lot of people that remembered those, those blaster days for you. So was that, that was uh, your first national championship was on a blaster, right? Yeah, in that 200 air cool class. Yeah, I, think, I thought in so. Oh one, oh one, yeah. Yep, I thought so. I thought that was yeah, 2001. I def- I, yeah, I definitely had a nasty uh, blaster. You know, Dave from East Coast um, definitely brought me up all the way into the pro class. So uh, he had that uh, 400EX framed blaster with a blaster motor in it, which was a pretty, uh, that's why I won my championship on. Okay. Yeah. People wanted to, people wanted to hear about that quad. So, so, uh, that's pretty interesting. And didn't you, didn't you race B class that same year, 2001? So yeah, I raced the uh, open B, I think it was. Okay. So I'm they... pretty sure I won the championship that on that with a, uh, with a, with a 400X. Okay, so they let you race. Uh, bike. They let you race those two classes at the same time. That's interesting because when I was, yeah, when I was looking at the stats, I was like, I was like, I didn't know you could do that. I guess. Right. So back then, I don't think it was um, 
like I think today, I really don't know wh- how how it is today, but I think I've seen recently that it's it's an age group on, on that size quad, or I don't even honestly don't know how what the classes are, but right, there was yeah. no, it was you know sixteen and above back then. I got you. Okay. Yep. Yep. And you're exactly right. So, um, and you guys, if it was 2001, you would have been racing like TT and stuff at the time too, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, uh, a pretty cool 250R TT bike from, um, oh man, I can't remember then who, who made it. That's, um, cra- that's crazy though, because yeah. you don't, you don't normally, I mean, everybody's going to remember you from, you know, most like from your Suzuki days. Right. And, um, when you were coming up, you were still kind of in that GNC TT motocross kind of period. So that's, that's cool to kind of, kind of think of you back then yet, you know, you're kind of, uh, kind of split between two eras, I guess. Yeah, for sure. You know, Oh two, you know, moved into the, the two fifty a and the open a, um, I think O2, I ran three classes at the nationals. I did a, I did a lot of racing then. Yeah. And, and was that, was it 2002 or 2003? Yeah. You, you raced like you would have been 16, right? And you dominated the A class. You won, you won pro-am. I, I'm pretty sure. Correct. I'm pretty sure. Oh, four, I would have been 16. Okay. Well, four is when you went pro. So then it must've been Oh three. You were, you like dominated a class one pro am, and then you moved up to pro at the end of the year. And, uh, so do you, what do you remember from back then? Do you remember, you know, like, do you remember, were you like thinking you were going to be that dominant and like a factor in the pro am class right when you moved up or, or what were you thinking back then? Oh man. You no, know, I just took each race, you know, at a time. And, uh, you know, back then, Travis Spader and Tim Farr were, uh, you know, battling out up front in the pro class. So I always looked up to those guys, you know, us. So always, uh, I don't know. I, I, I never, it was just, you know, I took each race by time. And, uh, you know, the next year, you know, I, I had some expectations, but never came into the next year wanting to win the championship, I guess. I mean, I guess I always wanted to win a championship, but. Right. Yeah. I, cause that was kind of my question, right. Was, um, you know, you were, you were like fast beyond your years from the very beginning. Cause it was like you, you, uh, you won pro-am and like right off the bat. And then, you know, you move up to, to the pro class in 2004 and, um, and you got a, you got a podium, you know, in that very first year. And it was like crazy to think about how young you really were, you know? Yeah. When I, uh, that, that last year when in Oh three, um, you know, I think, uh, Joe bird was with East coast ATV at the time. So we were kind of, you know, talking and I actually, I went to his school, went to his house, got trained by him there. Okay. And, and- uh, you know, I, I, ne- I never knew, um, I thought I was ready, you know, because coming from 03, I basically almost won every 258, I think I won every 258 class motocross race. Okay. And uh, almost all the pro-am, pro-am races. And, uh, you know, I thought I was kind of ready to move into the pro class. And uh, I actually raced pro at Lorenz in end of 03 there. And, uh I wasn't even close to being ready. It was a, uh, it was a big eye opener. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about when you moved up there. Cause so what were you riding in pro-am or even pro at the time? Was that like a, you must've been on a hybrid. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the Walsh, uh, you know, first it was the Walsh 426 Yamaha and then there's the CRF 450 Walsh. Okay. You know, hybrids. Yep. Um, that last year was uh, the, the Yamaha. I think you put a picture up of, of me there on that Yamaha, uh, yeah. 450. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I knew you had to kind of be on that hybrid it must've been 2003 or whatever. And then, yeah, Oh four, you would have been on the, on the YFZ. So, um, so yeah, I was going to ask you about Loretta's. You said that it didn't go that well. And, but, um, you know, what, what do you remember from that kind of that rookie campaign? Did you come back in Oh four and, 
were you obviously more prepared than the end of 03? I mean, I think the biggest thing is honestly the starts. Um, it was, it was way different, uh, in, in the program classes and the, you know, the, the amateur classes, you know, and you get into the pro class, you know, those guys, you know, never lift. So it, it was, a, it was a big thing to when I jumped in there that first year with the starts, but, uh, you know, it's just like anything, you know, more practice you, you, you do, the better you're going to get. So, um, just, and I feel like you always, yeah, I feel like you always had a really good mindset too. I mean, even early on that, uh, and, and obviously the mental game is so key. And I think that that is one of the things too, that like kind of sets you ahead of, um, or at least puts you on pace with those other guys, even though you were young, your mental game was just so strong. Yeah. You know, uh, I was always really nervous, but, uh, I think if you're not nervous, you're, uh, you know, there's something wrong with you, honestly. So, but uh, everybody used to laugh. I used to sleep at the, the starting line uh, almost every every time. I would. Uh, <laughs> it, it was funny. Everybody would. I would sit there and take a little cat nap before the race. <laughs> That's funny. That that is funny. Yeah. Well, everybody else is getting pumped up. You're you're resting. So you mentioned some of those other the other you know those kind of other big name guys from back then when you were coming up. Did you like who did you look up to? Who were your heroes back then? Um, I would say the first would have been, you know, Tim Farr and Travis Spader, I would say. You know, when Spader was on that Duncan bike, that was a he had a killer, killer year. I think that was like oh one, oh two. Okay. Um I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I just, and it's not, uh, it was just one of those things, you know, we always kind of wonder for people who looked up to you, it's like, oh, I wonder who he looked up to. So, um, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so like I mentioned too, you know, you grabbed a, a podium that, that very first year in the pro class at Redbud, and I looked at some of those pictures, um, you know, yesterday, I think I posted some and, and man, you look like you look so young back then. What do you remember from, <laughs> what do you remember from that first day and getting your first podium there? Yeah, that was a, that was an exciting day for sure. Um, I always did good on wide open track. So, you know, Red Bull was definitely in the wheelhouse there. So, um, you know, just, just all the practice and everything it takes to, to, to get to that podium at, uh, it was, it was cool. Cool feeling. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You finished, you finished sixth in, in the points that year as a rookie, which is really impressive. I feel like against some really, you know, good competition back then. And, um, and then I believe after that year, you switched to a Honda and, uh, you know, five, you finished ninth in points. Oh, six, you finished sixth, but obviously the highlight of, of all of those years really, um, would have been that down to the wire battle for battle for the title that you had with, with Doug there at, uh, the then new WPSA series in 06. Yeah. So what do you remember about, um, about that first year in WPSA? Because, you know, you were battling with Doug and you're like still a teenager at the time. And, and I got to believe that you had, you know, Doug was a big name guy back then and still is. So I got to believe, um, you were looking up to him while you were racing him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Zuki came into the, you know, the factory Zuki guys came into the scene. When, when was that? Oh, five possibly, you know, when they start coming in heavy. Um, yep. but, but yeah, when I, uh, when I raced him for that championship, talk about being nervous. I was, uh, that last race was pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, that's um, that's crazy. It was it was it's definitely cool. We always uh, me and him always talk about that when we see each other. No, that's awesome. And passing him and then him pass back uh, and going back and forth. It was it was fun. I'm sure it was fun to watch too. Yeah, you know, Doug said um, when we had him on our last episode, he said that 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 race was his fondest uh, his race his fondest racing memory. So um, 
you know, you gave him a hell of a fight and yeah, you can still go back and watch that moto to this day. And I don't think that you'll find better action anywhere else. So, um, you know, you finished second, you came up just short, you finished second in the points there, but it wasn't all bad because you ended up signing with factory Suzuki after that. So tell us about how it played out with signing with, with team Suzuki following 2006. Yeah. You know, uh, it was, uh, it was it was awesome, you know. Definitely, uh, it's any 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 rider's dream to, to sign with a factory team like that. You know, they have so much uh, backing and and R and D into them bikes. You know, um, it it just it just it just started my whole uh, career kind of from there for winning championships. You and know, it was uh, yeah. And it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, you know, you had always kind of done it as a family affair, I feel like. And uh, it had to be, had to just make your life so much different riding for a factory effort like that. Um, But, you know, one of my, one of my most vivid memories from back then is like just your, your like iconic corner speed and this, your silky smooth style. Um, you were kind of the first guy doing some of that scrubbing and manipulation of the bike. How did you develop that? Because, you know, you were, again, like you were ahead of your time. There wasn't other guys really doing that kind of stuff yet. You know, I think just, um, I, I really don't know how to answer that question, but just practice and, uh, you know, as much practice as you can and, it, that's a really hard question. I think that's just my style of riding, you know? Sure. Um, it's just how it all played out. It was like, it was like the faster you went, you and your body just figured out ways to, to make that thing stuck to the ground and, um, and go as fast as possible. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, um, so 2007, you finished runner up there and then came, you know, your first championship season in 2008, um, a championship in a season that you dominated, you know, with five overall victories, nine podiums and, uh, in a top five in every single event. So take my listeners through that first title campaign a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, with the factory team, you know, they, they put a lot of, uh, a lot of time in R and D and making sure that we have the best possible bike and we're, we're as comfortable as we can on them bikes. Um, so, you know, one of my fondest memories is going out to California three, four months ahead of the first race at Glen Helen there and, uh, practicing an R and D, you know, throughout the week we would, we would rent tracks and, uh, we would go test tires, pipes, heads, a arms, you name it. We were, we were to be tested it. Um, that had to be a cool uh, feeling because you were in the, that was like the heyday testing bikes. Yeah. That was like the heyday of, of ATV motocross. And you were right at the pinnacle of it and right at the top in the, what seems like the very best years of it. So, um, that's really cool. And how much, how much did your life or your mindset change after that first championship? Did that, did that change at all? Um, you know, when you, when you get the, you get the confidence that you can do it, you know, you can do it, you know, it, it definitely, it definitely changes your mindset a little bit to where, you know, you know, you can go out there and win, um, you know, a bunch of stuff got to fall into place and, you know, definitely me having a, a personal trainer, um, you know, Dr. Rice down in Georgia uh, played a big part of it too. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know how mentally and, and physically you got to be in shape to uh, finish that moto out as strong as you can, you know, especially two, two times in a row during the day. And uh, who knows what kind of weather you're dealing with. Of course. Yeah. And I, I, I had that question kind of written down too about earlier, but fitness was, um, was such a key to your success. And I think too, like that, and then the mental game go hand in hand where you prepared so like you were so crazy prepared physically that that's almost a mental advantage too, 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, a lot of people don't quite understand how, how, how physically demanding that sport is. And, uh, you know, when, when, uh, you know, to have a job and, and, and do that sport is very hard. Absolutely. If you want to be, if you want to be number one, you, you, it's, it's a full-time job for sure. Absolutely. And you took it, you, you clearly took it that way. I mean, you were, uh, you were clearly like, it was like a dirt bike pro basically is how, how I looked at it back then. I mean, you were full-time training all the time and you just had that aura about you that this was your job and you were going to the races to win. And that was that. So, um, yeah, you got it done in 2008. It was dominant. It had to be so surreal for you because that would have been what your fifth year as a pro, I think. So, um, that had to be really cool. And then in 2009, you did it again, back to back. You won even more events that season, but it wasn't without adversity because I'm pretty sure you dealt with an injury that year and you even skipped around. I'm pretty sure you had to sit one out. Yeah. You know, I started off with a a killer. Uh, I think I won I don't even know, six, six motos, um, right off the bat. And, uh, you know, was, was leading by uh, a good, probably 15 points or so and, uh, got hurt practicing and, uh, you know, definitely had to get, uh, you know, sewn up a little bit and got back out there and, you know, a lot of other people had some bad luck that year too. So it kind of played in, um, factor of me coming back uh quicker than normal and uh you know getting that championship points back yeah yeah because i it was a shoulder right that you were dealing with yeah i uh ligament tore off my my shoulder blade okay yeah i knew it was something like that and i knew you sat out that round but um yeah there was there were so many good guys back then too and a couple guys might have had some other other stuff going on like you did but at the end of the year I mean, you won like three or four overalls in a row and, uh, and just put a stamp on another championship. And that was crazy impressive to do it, uh, obviously dealing with injury. Was that title even a little sweeter than the first, being that, you know, you had gone through so much to, to kind of defend that title? I think it was just as you know, sweet as the first one, but it definitely uh, it took a little more, uh, you know, it took a little bit more out of me for sure. That, that one, than the first one, it was, oh. uh, it was, it was tough, tough with, uh, racing, you know, a little injured there. Of course. Yeah, 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 of course. So, uh, like I said, back to back there and, um, in 2010, obviously another, another really good campaign. Things were a little tougher, I guess you dug deep and fought your ass off, but came up just short in the championship there. And, uh, you know, to that point, um, you know, were, were you still enjoying it as much as you were as a younger guy? Like, did you still love it then? In 2010? Yeah. Or, or, yeah, I still love, I, I, I still love the, the, the competition. Um, the only thing I could say is I was, I, I might've been getting a little burnout on, on riding as much as I was, um, like every quad rider knows it, it's very hard to find tracks that let you ride or let you ride at all period. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I had my own track down in Georgia, but you know, there's only so many laps you can do on that track. You know, I, I always try to change it up as much as much as possible, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't burnt out. I, I wouldn't say I was burnt out, but, you know, practicing during the week was, it was getting to me a little bit maybe, but, you know, Josh, Josh had a killer year, you know, we were both on the same bike. Um, we, uh, we had some great battles, that's for sure. Yeah, it was definitely a, a lot of good racing that year. And I don't blame you. I mean, yeah, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. It is tough to find places to ride. You can only do so many laps and uh, on one track or whatever, but um I only asked that question because I think that that's a feeling that maybe people had back then is like watching you. um, It was like, maybe it looked like you weren't having as much fun as you maybe were at one point, but 
you know, you got to take into consideration that winning is fun and finishing second isn't when you're working as hard as you are. So um, I don't blame you. You know, you were just trying to get it done. Yeah, I mean, any champion will tell you it, it's easy to win a championship, but it's hard to keep one. Um, yeah. You know, there's always, uh, like my buddy always told me, you know, you, you don't, don't look like you got the eye of the tiger anymore. You know, obviously I want to go out there and win for sure. But, uh, you know, there's always that, that mindset that might not be there. Absolutely. And it's tough, like, um, because you still can't take that competitor out of you that hates losing, you know? So it's like, um, you're still going to be, you're still going to, you're still going to suck to lose. But, uh, it's like, it's like we, it's like we hate losing, uh, more than you like winning. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, anything but first is not my vocabulary. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, we didn't know that at the time, Dustin, but at the end of, at the end of, you know, that season, um, 2010 was the end of your, um, AMA ATV, you know, pro racing career. Um, I guess at the end of 2010, did you know that was going to be it for you? Um, not right at the end though. Okay. I mean, but, since, um, we, uh, Josh and I finished first and second, you know, we didn't know. I mean, obviously some, a lot of people know kind of what happened with the LTR quad there. They had some issues with, uh, yep. you know, the, the EPA, EPA stuff. So they weren't even selling the quad for a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that helped for sure. But um, I thought we were, we at least had one more season left, since, yep. for sure, since we finished first and second. But, yep. uh, you know, ended up coming saying that they were uh, pulling out and we were back on our own. I mean, they were going to help us out a little bit, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I was just going to say it's hard to, I mean, if you're not even selling the four-wheeler, how can you justify funding a team. So, I mean, I get it. I'm not trying to dog on anyone here, but it's not realistic. So I totally get it. We'll get right back to the show. But now a quick word from our sponsors. And now please stand up and make some noise for our title sponsor, CST tires, CST tires and their pulse MXR tire have completely overtaken the ATV market used by Thomas Brown to clinch a third straight quad cross of nations title by Nick Janusa as he dominated the Montreal Supercross, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics than the competition. Join the takeover or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Check them out at csttires.com today. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing, and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATVMX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including the chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability, as well as longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, or anywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI Decals is a name that is synonymous with ATV racing and synonymous with success. 
an offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. After making number plates and decals for riders like Chad Whedon, the company quickly took off. Today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker now supports all the top teams at ATV Motocross, as well as GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics, SSI decals. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Wherever you go, go with DID. We're pumped to bring on new partner, Namira Technologies. Since 2001, Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, Visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are also pleased to announce our partnership with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. We are also supported in part by Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you never have to worry about harming your engine or having a premature end to your ride due to overheating no matter what the condition. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles, and more. Use what the pros use. Upgrade to Evans today. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes. DP has been dominating the ATV world for a while now by supporting riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, Baldwin Motorsports, JB Racing, Root River, myself, and more in ATV motocross. In GNCC Racing, they have all of the top 15 XC1 pros using DP, including the likes of Walker Fowler, Jared McClure, Chris Borich, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, and more, not to mention Hunter Hart and the top four XC2 riders. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them consistently on the top of the podium. Available at dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or even message me for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. Forwards Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber and plastic hoods, tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forwards has goodies that'll make you salivate. I trust Forwards for increased function and a sexier look. Forwards Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality, innovative parts to the market. Check them out today. Now back to the show. You know, I, I guess at what point did they let you know that they weren't going to be fielding a team for 2011? Um, it was right after we, Josh and I went to uh, Las Vegas for their, I can't remember what it was even for. It was like for their, I think it was for their dealer meeting. Okay. Me and him went out there for like autograph sightings and uh, maybe a month after that, we got a phone call. Uh, okay. So yeah, I guess a lot of people were wondering about the timetable there. And uh, so then I guess at that point, was there, I mean, did you, did it ever cross your mind to kind of put something together yourself to race in 2011 or was that just not ever a thought of yours? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, back then uh, Can-Am was coming on strong with the, uh, you know, their program, 
Yep. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, trying to maybe get on board with somebody there, or I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's very hard to, you know, do your own program and do it right. And uh, it takes a lot for sure. So um, I had my feelers out for a while and uh, nothing really, you know, solid was coming about. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, that was my question, Dustin, because I, I had to believe that somebody wanted you on their bike. Cause there was, you know, there was, like you said, there was the can-ams and stuff, but yeah, it is a, it is a tough deal to put your, your own effort together. But um, you know, that, I guess that was my, what was my question was figuring out what was kind of going through your mind at that time. And what you ended up doing was racing NEATV in 2011 um, you won the pro and pro-am titles there. Your, your former teammate from the year previous, Josh Creamer, um, was up there racing with you. And, uh, so, and it, it seemed like that made for some pretty epic battles. So, um, tell us about that year and how, I guess how that decision came about to race any ATV and, um, and all of that. Yeah. You know, um, Suzuki was, was, they, they offered, they offered me, you know, a little, little something, some, some contingency money, basically. Uh, so, you know, if you win, you know, you get X or whatever like that, help you out with some parts. Um, there was no bikes, no bikes for, uh, to come out since they didn't even, weren't even going to sell any. So, right. you know, that, that was honestly the only way I was going out and racing is because I had their backing a little bit there. Um, okay there wasn't a lot of other backing besides maybe Maxis and uh, you know, Maxis was probably my other second biggest sponsor that was helping me out. But uh, you know, as people know, it, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of effort and a lot of money to uh, do it your own. And um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Decided, decided to do it locally and uh, you know, kind of get back in the family business, you know, a little okay. bit. Okay. So was it, was it like more fun again at that point? Cause you were doing it on a little smaller level and um, obviously there was a little bit less pressure and stuff. Was it, was it, did you find yourself enjoying it more? Yeah, it was a little bit more fun. Uh, the only thing that was uh, my biggest issue was, was I didn't have a track around here uh, good enough to practice on at gotcha. all that well. So that gotcha. was my biggest issue. Okay. Um, and and I guess yeah, like I said, there's still people that post pictures and talk about the racing uh, back then because it was pretty intense. So uh, yeah, that was cool, and that was pretty much your last real organized racing, right? So um, you know, it's been a it's been a I guess that's almost been a lot of years already. If that was 2011, so I mean, do you get out and ride anymore at all? So do uh breezewood uh dream camp every yep. year yep um they recently they recently uh you know stopped that but that was uh that was an exciting part you know after after doing that I, I did a lot of teaching after i would say from 2008 all the way to 2000 probably 13 14 i did quite a bit of teaching uh i had definitely had fun doing that you know once again you know, figuring out tracks to do it out and stuff like that. So, but yeah. Yeah. I knew, uh, it was cool. Actually, it was really cool to see some of the photos that would come from the Breezewood camps because it would be, you know, all the top racers at the time. And then, you know, you a couple of years removed from, from doing your thing. So that was, that was, uh, was really cool to see you be a part of that and, uh, and continue to give back. Um, so do you, Dustin, do you ever wonder, like wonder what could have been? Because my trainer, my trainer Dom said it best. He said, you know, if Dustin would have stayed racing, who knows how many championships he would have won. And I mean, you were only 23 years old in your final AMA pro race, which is crazy. So do you ever, do you ever wonder about that a little bit? Does your mind ever go there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to think back and since I was so young and, and stopped there, but, um, sometime life moves in certain directions, you know, um, 
Of course it does. Yeah. I mean, you, it's one of those things where you can't go back and uh, there's sometimes you don't want to wonder what if, cause it changes the path of your life. But um, you know, you're back then you're racing with Chad and you're and John raced for a lot of years after that. And you're racing with those guys and Uppy and all those guys that were in Thomas and, you know, doing well now. And it's like, man, if you would have hung around, who knows how many, how many championships you might've been able to rack up. Cause you, you got good starts. You were consistent. You were always on good equipment. I mean, it was like, and like I said, your style was more the style that the guys are are riding with nowadays. So it was like, uh, man, you would have, you would have been right in the mix for championships for as long as you would have stuck around. Yeah. You know, every, every time I, uh, or the last, last season, I would say is the biggest thing is, is I never wanted to go back out if I know I couldn't do it 100%. So, you know, I would have to have my trainer, you know, I wanted, I wanted everything to be there to, to be at that top level and uh, just, it, it never, and everything couldn't come together there. So I wasn't going to go out and, and race a season, not being a hundred percent prepared, really come down to that. Yeah. You know, I, and I totally get that because um, you had seen what it was like to be at the top of your game. You had seen and felt what it was like to, to win and, and, you know, when I, all these people would talk about, you know, well, why didn't he come back or why didn't he put his own program together? And I mean, it didn't take you saying it for me to know that that was the case, because like I said, you're not going to come come back on a kind of a half-ass program when you know, when you got everything working that, you know, you can go as fast as anybody in the world, you know? So it's like, um, I totally get it. It goes without even you having to really explain it anymore. It's, uh, it's just, uh, the series wasn't as good without you. So, um, it was, it was one of those things that we probably all kind of wonder. And I figured you did too. Yeah. You know, I definitely miss all my, uh, you know, racing friends and, uh, definitely had a blast, uh, through the ride for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So what is life for, for you now? Like buddy, you know, you're, you're married and you're, you're a father now. So what's keeping you busy these days? Well, after I, uh, came back in 2011, you know, um, I started back in the family business, you know, my parents owned a, uh, a boat dealership here in Quakertown, PA, um, you know, started, at, you know, with their internet sales and, moved around and in the business and uh, my dad ended up retiring uh, in 2017, maybe. Okay. I ended up buying, buying the business from him and me and my mom were uh, 50, 50 partners. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm here selling boats. Awesome. Um, But yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's uh, I thought uh, I thought that was the line of work that you guys were in. Um, so yeah, that's really cool, and I'm glad that your family life is doing as well as it is. And um, but yeah, about your racing career, it was so dominant, and uh, you should be really proud. Hold your head high. Um, you know, one of my you're one of my personal favorites, and you you really you truly transformed the sport with your riding style and your technique. Not to mention the level of training that you had, and. Uh, you know, what you did was truly legendary and people forget how young you were too. So, um, you know, but before we let you go here, Dustin, I got a few questions, some that we came up with, some that our listeners kind of, kind of sent over for us. Um, and I kind of, sure. we kind of touched on the quads a little bit, but what was your, what was the favorite quad you ever rode that you had? Oh man. I know in, in a lot of, and maybe your mind goes right to the LTR. So, um, people were, I had a lot, honestly, I had a lot of questions about the blaster and I had a lot of questions about the East coast ATV kind of CRF hybrid thing. So, um, was curious to ask which one was your favorite if you had to pick. Um, I mean, my favorite is probably the, the 400 X blaster. Okay. You know, um, it just, it handled that much better than a regular blaster frame. It wasn't even comparable. Right. Um, my second would have been a, a wall CRF 450. I think was uh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, we got to figure out if we can find some pictures of that blaster. Cause I'd be really interested in that. 
Sounds pretty cool. But um, yeah, definitely should be something around. Yeah. Okay. So we got another question here. This comes from actually the the reigning AMA ATV Pro Rookie of the Year, Brandon Hogue, and he asks, uh, "Was there uh, like a light switch moment?" when you went from being a fast capable rider to being a championship level rider and what would be your biggest tip for uh, a young pro rider? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is, is, is you want to be as consistent as possible, really. Um, you don't want to make any mistakes out there. You want to be, try to be as consistent as you can. And, uh, Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know what it's, else really say? Right. It's funny. Cause for you, everything was just so natural, you know? So, um, I can pick up on that. It's sometimes it's hard for you to articulate some of that stuff, but yeah, it was like, it was like you and that machine were one. And he asked, you know, was there ever a, a moment where you kind of realized, you know, that you transformed from a, a fast capable rider to a, to a championship level rider was there anything you changed or anything you felt that pushed you past where you were into you know kind of being a champion my biggest thing i would say on that is my uh conditioning training okay so you know go going from you know finding some type of regiment to do and sticking with it and it, it working for you is I, I would say training has a lot to do with it you know obviously practicing as much as you can on on your quad but uh you definitely have to offset it with uh, other training methods also okay yeah and and what about nutrition what were you was did you take that more seriously as it as it went on i'm sure yeah definitely you know uh my trainer was really never into too much nutrition okay but uh i was pretty i was pretty strict on myself you know, always drank water and, uh, but you know, I, we burned a lot of calories, so we ate a lot. Um, you know, I'm probably not as strict as some of the other pro athletes, but I I was, uh, I was pretty strict with, uh, how I ate. I can see that. I mean, you could just look at you back then and it was like, you you were just a finely conditioned athlete and, uh, the way, just the, like I said, the way you carried yourself, that was pretty clear. So, um, got another one here, a question from the Ford brothers racing team, who's fielding a rider, Bryce Ford, who reminds us a lot of, uh, a lot of a young Dustin Wimmer, a young up and comer, um, who's going to kind of take the, the, the series by storm at a young age. And, uh, they ask, um, how did you handle your nerves and ride with such composure when you were young uh, against some of those greats? And did you ever get intimidated by the other guys? Um, I mean, it just comes down to, you know, practicing and being, you know, being one with your bike, like you, you like you said, you know, you want to, you want to have that bike as, as much, I, I, be comfortable as much comfortable as you can on that bike as possible. Um, I, I think, you know, nerves is always going to be there. You know, like I said, I was always nervous up until I started that quad on, on the, on the starting gate. After that, all the nerves went away. Okay. You know, uh, when that gate gate dropped, I, it was just go time. Someone could probably shoot me in the arm. I won't even know. <laughs> There's just so much adrenaline going on, you know? That's, that's so funny. Cause the second the gate drops, it's like the whole rest of the world just goes quiet. But before that, yep. it's like the, it's like somebody's beating a drum in, in your ear. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so Brian Jenkins asks if you had a rider that you considered your biggest rival on the racetrack. <laughs> um, You know, um, I won't cut you off. I'll let you man. keep going. You know, cause I was going to say, you know, there's, cause you kind of had a bunch of different guys and kind of like a couple different eras there. I mean, you know, bird was, you know, in the mix back then. And obviously I, I, I would, I would say, I would say Joe and Doug Gus, Joe okay. Bird and Doug Gus, I would say my rivals. It's funny because it wasn't that long ago and I posted a picture of you. I think it was you and Kramer at the NEATV and, uh, and 
Bird, Joe Bird commented on it and he's like, yeah, it looks like I taught him well. He went to a couple of my riding schools. People don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. He always likes to bring that up. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, he, he should really. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good PR for him. But I, uh, I no, wondered so. if it was, if it was maybe going to be Joe because um, it seemed like you guys, you know, were kind of fighting for those titles um, back then. So, um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Brian also asked if you had a favorite racing memory that stands out to you. Um, besides, like I talked about before, um, a racing memory, I would say, um, the race at Muddy Creek when I started, uh, somewhere back in say 12th to 15th. Okay. And uh, ended up passing Jeremy Lawson on the last turn there to win the race. So, do you remember what year that would have been? Um, God, I want to say it was almost 2009. Okay, well, it would have been. I assumed it would have been eight or nine. So, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because um, I, I there's going to be people that want to go back and watch that. That's why. That's why I asked. It was a killer race. Uh, I was I was always really dominant at Muddy Creek and uh, Pell City. Pell City was probably my most dominant racetrack out of all of them. And you had I was your, almost uh, undefeated there, really. You know, in your style, the way it was, because you know you were so long, and the way that you were able to kind of hang off the bike, you were good and really rough stuff. But the way that like you would corner. Like I distinctly remember all like those, those tracks with the hard flat, you know, corners where, where you could just separate yourself with your corner entry speed. And maybe that's why, you know, those muddy creeks and Pell cities and some of those tracks were where you were able to kind of set yourself apart real easily. Yeah. Like high point, you know, you have those off camber turns, you know, Yep. obviously I would say, you know, being tall has its advantages for sure on uh being able to lean as far as you can on a, on a quad, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. It, like, it's just, it, you, you were just able to corner that much, that much harder and faster. Of course. Yeah. The first memory that I have of you, like personally seeing you, the first vivid memory I have is in 2007. Yeah. Cause it would have been your first year on Suzuki and um at the taylorville wpsa race and some of those flat corners there you were coming in so fast and like it's just burned into my memory i'll never ever ever forget it is taylor taylorville where's taylor there it's in the middle of illinois but i think it was the second wpsa round so we went to georgia and then we went to taylorville illinois and i was called Is that out like the cornfields there pretty much yeah yeah, I and think that's where me and Joe, me and Jeremiah were bad on. You were, I think. No, no, think that would that, that, that would that would have been the first year because um oh six in oh six and then oh seven. I think you you won at least one of the races that weekend. Um, but yeah, I just remember your corner speed was just crazy. So, um. But yeah, so we got another question here from Dan Rice, and he asks how you fill the void of competition and adrenaline rush um, after your racing career was over. Um, it's a hard one. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I got a razor now, but <laughs> the only thing I can say is uh, I don't know. I was never really like. Obviously, if anybody knew me, I was never like a pumped up type person. Right. Um, you know, everybody would talk about my interviews, how I was never really excited and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, I was, I was excited, but that's just who, how I am. Um, uh-huh. But I don't know if I obviously I, I love that adrenaline, but I don't know if I, I needed it, you know. I see. No, I totally, totally makes sense. And I think that also kind of plays into the whole, uh, you know, you, you hated losing more than you liked winning type of kind of mindset. Right. So when you won, it was like, okay, cool. This is what I expected. And then when you lose, it's like, <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, I'm not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. And then when you, right. uh, when you lose, it's like, 
you know, you, everything sucks, <laughs> you know, yep. but, uh, we got a lot of questions too, about the Red Bull helmet when you were riding for Rockstar. <laughs> Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, that was, uh, that was exciting. Um, uh, Oh five, Oh six, I think, um, you know, obviously, uh, Red Bull, when we first started w, WPSA, uh, the announcer, Kimberly, um, I can't remember her last name, but um, was dating the Red Bull, the main Red Bull guy. Um, and uh, we started talking and obviously uh, it was a dream come true to be a Red Bull athlete. You know, that's uh, one thing uh, a lot of athletes don't ever see. So, Oh, I was course. definitely not, uh, not, not turning that down. No, um, no, there's people, like I said, there's people still talking about it 10 years later. So that's, uh, it's pretty darn cool. You'll probably be the, the only, only ATV athlete to ever be associated with rock with, uh, with Red Bull. Yeah. It was me and, uh, Dustin Nelson. Okay. Oh yeah. Two, uh, yep. Guys. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, it, it was definitely cool going out there at the, at Red Bull headquarters in LA and, they got a huge full half pipe inside their building and they were, you'd take office chairs and, and rip them down the half pipe. It was a, <laughs> it was pretty cool, uh, you know, office experience, but, uh, it was definitely neat that whole thing. But obviously, uh, the first year with Suzuki, I don't think, uh, Rockstar wasn't involved, so it wasn't an issue. Gotcha. But, uh, the next year when Rockstar came on board, uh, they wanted me to dump a uh, Red Bull and, uh, Okay. I basically uh, said no, and uh, that's when I <laughs> I got put on the side of the side of the rig on a on a small easy up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, it, it didn't change any of my. You know, obviously, I didn't get any of my bikes. One no different, but right. they just uh, Rockstar. They didn't want me underneath the the Rockstar tents. So, got, gotcha. I. Uh... I knew that, you know, you, you hate to give up a personal sponsor like that, but man, those, those, those Red Bull helmets looked so sick in their day back then. Yeah, that was definitely a cool ass experience. I opened up my first box, uh, custom painted Red Bull helmet. I actually, uh, was, uh, kind of moving some stuff around in my garage. I, uh, finally starting to get around to cleaning it up and, uh, I had them in my hand today. I was trying to get them put up on the wall. Oh, really? Yeah. The, again, those things look so sick and uh, kind of the envy of everybody else. So, um, Dustin, last question here for you. Um, how do you want to be remembered within the industry? Kind of talking about your legacy. How do you want people to to think of the the memories they have with Dustin Wimmer? Oh, man. Hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I, people you know, definitely, my, I was just going to say people remember you still, like I said, for your style and to be, um, the reason why you're still, you know, so prevalent is because you had that kind of style that was before your time. But, um, you know, people remember you as a, as a championship level guy who is going to kind of be willing to do anything to win and, um, so I kind of just, we wanted to hear, you know, what, uh, what your thoughts were and how people, how you wanted people to remember you. Yeah, you know, definitely, uh, go out there and, and, you know, go out there to win and be the best that you can be, you know, go out there and practice and, you know, uh, never give up basically. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, that's it's awesome. just it's just uh it's just a lot to, lot to go into the whole the whole picture. Yeah. But uh I I enjoyed the whole whole racing scene and uh it was it was awesome to be in it at the at the like you said the pinnacle of the time there when uh, most of the factories were involved and it was uh definitely a highlight of my my life for sure. Yeah, that was the that was the the best days of of ATV racing, I think, and as far as factory involvement and all that stuff. And yeah, that's that's an era that everybody uh, holds in really high regard. And you know those those years, you were standing on top of the 
on top of the mountain. So, um, you know, obviously it's gotta be pretty cool to be that guy, but Dustin, man, I, I, it's been an honor. Um, you're one of my favorites. Like I said, as a young rider, you're an all time great. You and your legend still lives on to this day. So I just, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, um, I'm so excited to kind of get this content out for everybody else who hasn't heard from you and, um, in 10 years or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I just, uh, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me and, uh, have a good one. Man, so great to hear from that guy. I'm so freaking happy that we got Dustin on the show. I want to thank him for his time and his willingness to come on. I have to thank my producer slash brother Dallas for sitting here next to me and pushing all the buttons for the podcast. Couldn't do it without you, Dallas. Thanks to our sponsors, CSD Tires, Yamaha. Thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Four Works Carbon, DP Brakes, Blender's Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, and Oats Overnight. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to support us via Patreon if it suits you. Simply visit our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, and click the Support on Patreon button. This contribution will help prompt continued growth and improvement of the show. Perks will be available to those who contribute, including hearing your name on the show. We greatly appreciate the support. Also, remember you can always call us with your questions, concerns, suggested topics, and more. This is your chance to be a part of the show by calling our voicemail line anytime. Call us today at 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. We look forward to hearing from you, and you'll hear yourselves on the next episode of our podcast. We have Jeffrey Rostrelli, John Natale, Cody Gibson, Gary Denton, and more on the upcoming schedule. So needless to say, you won't want to miss our upcoming episodes. The best way to ensure that you won't miss a thing is to subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. And thanks again, as always, for listening. Did I mention that we surpassed a half a million downloads? That's truly amazing, and it's all because of you guys. You're amazing, and we just can't thank you enough. Keep that support coming, and we'll keep the fire content coming as well. I love the screenshots showing that you guys are listening, so send those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. Again, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts. It all helps our show and the sport that we all love. With that, for Dustin Wimmer, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, and until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. (laughs) 